Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Padawans, Jedi Knights, and Jedi Masters. Welcome to the premiere episode of Rebelcast UK. And, of course, I am not your only host tonight. We have many other hosts. Please introduce yourself, my host, on the left. My uh, my name is Ross Shaw. How are you getting on, guys, tonight? All good, yeah. I was raving away at that music. It was awesome. It was almost like on death sticks kicking about, you know, <laughs> going absolutely crazy in Coruscant nightclub in the <laughs> underground CD world. Yeah. Uh, it was just quite cool, you know, not bad. You know, on sort of like pre-episode four style thing, you know, just going at it wild. Want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> but Obi-Wan wasn't there to stop me, but... Hey, well, Obi-Wan maybe. wasn't. But yes, I'm, uh, I'm Ross Shaw. Nice to... Nice to meet everybody, and uh, nice to be on the show tonight. So. Okay, and my other host, as always. I am Yomar, but everybody calls me Yogi, aka Yogizilla. How's it going, guys? Yeah, so tonight we're going to talk to you a bit about Star Wars Rebels, but before we dive into the depths of the newest of new Star Wars, I've got questions for the hosts, because we like to introduce ourselves to everyone. Um, I'll start off myself. What I'm going to ask you is, your favourite original movie, your favourite prequel movie, and your favourite all-time Star Wars character, be it canon or new canon, or say what you like. So anyway, favourite original movie for myself, Empire, has to be, and um, we can discuss these afterwards. Uh, favourite prequel movie, Sith, has to be, and my favourite all-time character is the man, the legend, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So over to you, Ross, what about yourself? I'd have to go for um, for the original trilogy. Definitely, Empire Strikes Back. Quite it resonates personally with me. Um, for the uh, prequels, I'm going to go for Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. I actually, I actually enjoyed that one uh, better than the three. And for my <laughs> character, I'm going. I'm delving into the extended universe, which is now deemed defunct by Disney. So hopefully, this character survives. But uh, only time will tell. But uh, my favorite character of all time is Kyle Katarn from the. Um, Dark Forces and uh, Jedi Knight games. Awesome choices. And Yogi, what about yourself? Original, prequel, and favorite character, man. Man, you guys did not give me a heads up on this, so I'm going in blind. <laughs> I'll have to go with Empire Strikes Back. Um, favorite character, I, I, you know, I've always been uh, kind of smitten, kind of man crush status with uh, Harrison Ford, so I have to go with Han Solo. Um, as far as the, the prequel, the newer movies, um,. Yeah, I think I'll go with Attack of the Clones just because it addressed a big void in the storytelling for me, and then every, suddenly everything clicked. So that's how they switched, started to switch places. Yeah, I I enjoyed it just for the sort of action pieces, and yeah. you know it felt rather than just focused on a ragtag group of people, it sort of brought in the broader universe. You know, you saw like the council, you saw all the other pieces finally in play, and they, and as you said, you finally clicked as to how we got to the stage that we were in episodes four, five, and six. Yep. And, it, and it's such a, like you said, uh, it's, like, it's like a grand scale of, of the conflict. So, is that, you know, yeah. I, I love those kind of epic stories. Though I do like, you know, a good space, space opera with, you know, ragtag group of, of people like Firefly, Tear Tear. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Sorry, I had a little moment, sad moment there. Oh. Firefly. Take a moment for Firefly. <laughs> yeah. I know. 
Pour a drink, eh? If I, yeah, if I had a little, if I had a beer, I'd pour some out for my homies. Yeah. <laughs> See, in Scotland, we wouldn't waste the beer. We would drink one for the homies. <laughs> pour it back into our mouths, you know. Yeah. One for the brown coats. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't say where I was going to pour it. I was saying to my mug. <laughs> <laughs> good save, good save. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> So anyway, now that you know a wee bit about us, we've got to dive into Star Wars Rebels. Now, this was the first uh, created under the Disney banner, apart from, if you count, season six of Clone Wars. Um, this is set five years before A New Hope, when Luke moaned about getting power couplings, and 14 years after... <sighs> I want to say when Darth Vader lost his legs, but <laughs> I have to say <laughs> Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Um, this series is set up um, to discuss how the Rebel Alliance came about, which is, is, is kind of gets me because of Disney's canon, and uh, I really love the Force Unleashed games, and I love that, and I... <laughs> There's, although they have the set canons now, there is the if Disney use it, it's okay. So fingers crossed for Gallimatic appearing, but I can't see it happening. So this is basically <laughs> about a, a ragtag group of rebels, as Yogi just described. Um, they are they've all been affected by the evil empire in one form or another, and uh, basically. Uh, they, they fly about and it reminds me more of what Han Solo would do with a crew rather than anyone um, else in Star Wars I can think of and before we all get into our opinions I'm going to run you through the characters um, you've got Kanan Jarrus who is played by Freddie Prince Jr surprisingly really well you've got uh, Ezra Bridger who's Taylor Gray is the voice actor you've got Zeb he's actually Garazeb Aurelius which is played by Stephen Bloom. Um, you've got Sabine, or Sabine Wren is the second name, played by Tia Sarkar. You've got Hera, which is known as or Hera Syndulla. It's Vanessa Marshall. And you've got C110P Chopper, which is not played by anyone. As for the Galactic Empire so far, we have the Inquisitor, who's badass, played by Jason Isaacs. We have Agent Callus, played by David Oyelowo, is how I can say it. <laughs> and of course, returning for a special scene in the upcoming broadcast, which is tomorrow, I believe, as we're recording this, uh, James Earl Jones is coming back as Darth Vader. Um, there's other surprising characters. Uh, there's actually a Star Trek crossover in this. Um, there's also a Futurama crossover. Um, however, uh, I will comment on one point before we discuss this. I did think Obi-Wan Kenobi's voice in the Holocron in episode 1 sounded strange, but it's the same person that played him in Clone Wars, James Arnold Taylor, and I'm really happy with the voice cast so far. What do you guys think about the voice cast? We'll start on that. Yeah, it's good. It's um, it's an interesting mix of um, of voices, and it's, yeah, I mean, like, it's... It's because it's such a new show, and we're so used to the Clone Wars, and we're kind of like, if, I don't know if about uh, Yogi, but like, you know, Ali and I have obviously watched like all six seasons of the Clone Wars, so we kind of get used to like the, the, the types of voices that we're supposed to hear, but this is completely new, and it feels lighter and a bit sort of fluffier, and it's 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 good though, like, um, it's it's a nice varied amount of voices. I think Freddie Prince Jr. is, is definitely uh, fitting the right part of that sort of like, you yeah. know, that 
he, he's he should be mature, but he still is is like in, rather than being young, is inexperienced but still mature, and I think he fits that kind of voice to it as well. Uh, Zeb's voice is brilliant. Love absolutely love how Zeb is sort of played out. Um, interesting note in Zeb that was the original drawing for Chewbacca um, yeah. before it went through the pre-production of uh, New Hope. Um, uh, Sabine's voice, I could listen to that all day. Like, I honestly, whoever <laughs> the, the, the woman's voice in Sabine, my God, that's an awesome voice. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great amalgamation of voices, and it's it's an interesting sort of uh, way to go. And, and Chopper, Chopper's like uh, characteristics are just like magnified with his, uh, or amplified with his sort of like uh, that sort of droning voice. And it's a nice change from hearing the sort of the whistles and the beeps for, that we were so yeah. used to with R two D two, and and hearing another astromech have its own personality via its own sort of drones and sort of like yeah it's 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 difficult to sort of explain verbally but you, you'll under, when, when you've watched the programs i'm pretty sure you'll understand exactly what i'm talking about in the sense like chopper's personality is just like yeah enhanced by his um his interesting uh, sort of like beeps and whistles as well i suppose yeah so yogi what what is your opinions and the voices in this man i will second all of what ross said <laughs> well, uh, especially especially pleasant voice to listen to for sure, and uh, I was already feeling like, hmm, they got a little something here for the adults. Haha. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <come on. laughs> I'm just uh, saying. Just, it's, it's, it, I, I'm totally in agreement with Yogi here. Like, it totally is. It's just like, yep, yeah, that's that voice is specifically picked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Even Ezra calls out to it. Isn't does he kind of like hit on her a little bit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... he does. Yeah, <laughs> he the kids, like, uh... the kids will be oblivious to it, but he's like, "Hey, baby." <laughs> <laughs> what you say to it when you're graffiti on my baby? I'm a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that sort of like um, infatuation, infatuation Ezra has over Sabine, and I think it pretty much. Um, it's so weird because it's a cartoon, but it's like yeah, the 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 voice definitely helps um, sort of portray that infatuation. I think we can all agree that uh, right. certainly said if we close our eyes, we're like, yep, totally understand she, where she's, she's coming she's, from. She's typical teenage crush slash married man infatuation. <laughs> <laughs> so after uh, the voice acting's all well and good, but obviously the graphical style we've got to touch on before we hit the storyline in the main basis so graphically like this is this is only my opinion ross and yogi you might have different but i watched the clone wars i watched the clone wars series it was before it as well it was kind of anime based i prefer this style to the clone wars which was almost like cartoonized or animate the characters and stretch them they looked almost odd whereas in this one they looked <laughs> i'll get into the sort of disney aspect later but they kind of look disney but almost perfectly fit in the Star Wars universe as normal humans, whereas in the, the Clone Wars it was almost as if they'd been put through a Wrangler yeah. and stretched, you know? Yeah. What do you think, Yogi? Do you, do you like this animation? Yeah, I definitely like it much better. I mean, I, I love Clone Wars, but initially getting into it, and I just keep around a, a bit, but uh, I own a couple of the seasons on DVD, so I have that to, on my side, but um, initially getting to Clone Wars, it was a little rough because the... I would, I, I like the the animated style of it, but it didn't feel right for Star Wars. So it it, it was in a it was a hard pill to swallow, just to put it like that. 
Uh, for this, it was just I jumped right into it, and I mean, honestly, if you hadn't even brought it up my attention, I may have missed it and jumped into it well after the fact. So I'm I'm glad you uh, made me aware of this series because I'm I'm already loving it. And the, the art style is just it fits like it, it feels like it belongs in a universe. You know, it's it, it fits the style and it fits the story. Yeah, yeah. it's I t totally in agreement. Like the the set pieces are just perfect. Like it's exactly how Star Wars should be. Um, I'm I'm digging it. I'm I'm digging the animation as well. I'm I'm digging the, the cat how the character things. I'll say one thing. Uh, they better redesign how Wookiees look in this. Uh, oh, yeah. this I mean, oh my I god! Like I was just like affronted. I was like, wait, no, this is a joke. Come on, really? Is this? A, a, like, what the hell? But yeah, they really need to sort that out. But apart yeah. from like how badly they handled the Wookiees, uh, I mean, that's. I mean, fair enough. Is a kind of major point because it could be a major species that they, they look at uh, during the the episode. But no, I'm quite. I, I can. It certainly has that. Disney animation feel to it, yet mm -hmm. it's not too overpowered. It it's still sort of kept within the universe, and I can totally now that I've watched Star Wars Rebels, and then when I've rewatched Clone Wars, I can totally see where you guys are coming from with how that animation style in Clone Wars didn't quite fit no. the Star Wars universe. It was still good, brilliant, yeah. flawless animation, but it just didn't quite fit it. Whereas now we seem to get into this idea where it does seem to sort of have a place in the universe, this animation. Yeah, no, I, I really do love it, and I know exactly what you mean about the wikis, that's my only fault in this series as a whole, but as, as you guys may have known or may not have known, we're up to episode four if you've got Disney XD in America, which is not available, sadly, in Britain, so we are slightly behind. But um, episodes one to three is what we're going to be discussing tonight, storyline. Uh, character development and just in general Star Wars how can you get better than that so you guys have obviously watched Clone Wars um, I, I'm the, one of the biggest Star Wars fans I've loved it since I was a child it's one of the only things I've hung on to since I was a child I say that I'm a gamer I like comics actually I've never grew up so um, Star Wars is <laughs> Star Wars is awesome and um, Clone Wars came along and, of course, like everyone, I dived into it. Now, I've only watched three episodes of um, Rebel so far, but in comparison to Clone Wars, up to season three when Darth Maul appeared, I was kind of let down by the Clone Wars series. It kind of felt more like... You remember the Senate scene, guys, in uh, Phantom Menace? And every kid was sitting going, <gasps> What's this, Mom? You know, and it's... No one liked that part, and it obviously got wiped out in uh, episode two with your guys, because you're obviously Twilight fans with the love scene, and uh, then you get <laughs> oh. then you get the bad then you get the badass episode three where Obi Wan finally smacks Anakin's ass down. Um, Clone Wars kind of was it was more of a I'm gonna be honest a lull for me for at least the first two seasons coming up to the end as well. It was it was almost dragging out a story that needed to be told that they didn't have a storyline for it, and this is no offence to Star Wars, Disney, Lucas, or anyone, but a personal opinion, Rebels has excited me for the reason that it's fresh, it's new, we don't know these characters, they're in a time period that hasn't really been discussed, give or take the Force Unleashed game. It's it's just brand new to me, so what do you guys think, What what compared to Clone Wars, before we get into the nitty gritty? Thanks. It's difficult to sort of compare, I think, these two shows with each other because 
they're like two different beasts totally you know like you know clone wars certainly did start out a bit like how rebels has started out with very tailored towards uh kids you know and then as the seasons developed you know things got darker things got more serious more sort of attention was being paid to a lot of like multi-episode arcs um now obviously rebels has this sort of like hey feel good idea to it you know like and i think again i think it's because we're i think this is like you know like you know clone wars was going on for six seasons and we're so used to it to the point where we're just watching it not not watching it for the sake of watching it in a bad way but we're just watching it and then but now because this is brand new i think we're all like struck with this sort of you know fresh paint feeling you know brand new set designs brand new set pieces Ali says that it's it's a time period that we're not very familiar with. However, the time period is closer to what we're familiar with in Clone Wars Wars. You know, for example, like the corridors and the the stormtroopers and all that. I think because they're so similar to what's seen in four episodes four, five, and six, uh, we're kind of forgiven in terms of like how the story sort of pans out in the sense that you know, like we're going, oh yeah, they're stormtroopers. I know exactly. Like you, we can like relate to everything that's there. So like, oh. I know those corridors, I know those detention blocks, you know, I know these stormtroopers. Whereas in Clone Wars, I think it's because it was so more unknown than what this time period that Rebels Well, uh, the, way I, the way I was meaning it, Ross, was more like you, you were overly familiar with Anakin and Obi-Wan, and this time you do not know what's going to happen with the characters, whereas Anakin and Obi-Wan, you, you, you've known your, their fates for years. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean... That's my main point. Yeah, I, yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. It's like, yeah... I see where you're coming from now, and it's nice to sort of like see what the, um, you know, like these so far anyway. The, the outer uh, rim world living people. <laughs> the, the crew of go or the crew of the ship Ghost, um, definitely, uh, you know, it, it feels like you know these are like average Joes, and it's it, it, you know it's nice to see how these average Joes fit in with the universe. Uh, you know, within the Star Wars thing, you know, we, we're not dealing with, you know, uh, the Chosen One, we're not dealing with the Jedi Council or anything because it's all gone. We're not even dealing with Darth Vader, so to speak, you know, uh, in this thing. So it's just literally, as you said, people in the Outer Rim. And uh, I just sort of like to give people a bit of a background as to what I'm about to say. Um, you know, I, I GM a lot at the on the Star Wars Edge of the Empire role-playing game, you know, and, you know, dealing with a sort of Dungeons & Dragons style type thing. And, you know, yes! You know, have... Yes! yes. <laughs> Damn excited, sorry. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, and I'm pretty sure you understand where I'm coming from. Like, I feel like Star Wars Rebels is almost like a Edge of the Empire adventure, like, taken straight out. Like, every mm. single character we've met so far feels like, a character that that my friends would have created in an adventure you know like you've got like your sort of your your wookie style and and zeb you know you've got the guy that wants to be the jedi but also wants to be the smuggler in terms of like kanan you know and then you've also got like the pilot mechanic in terms of uh, hera you know and you've got all these other different bits and pieces and it it really does feel like an edge of the empire adventure playing out in front of our eyes and uh, it's set obviously in the same kind of time period as well and I, I really like that idea, you know, whereas Clone Wars, as Ali said, you know, you're following the Jedi Council, Anakin, the Chosen One, Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're now sort of now seeing these sort of random ragtag groups kicking about, so uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I hope that makes more sense, and especially for the listeners, if you guys have ever had a chance to sort of um, play or get to know what Edge of the Empire is, hopefully that makes a wee bit more sense in terms of the fact that it does play out like a an adventure that that you would create as a as a player or, or as a GM, and then anything else. That's that's my sort of piece in the my two cents in the matter. So, 
there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the thing that I that I like about it is one of my biggest problems with the the new movies, the prequels, is that you know it, it didn't do a good job of bridging the gap between the original movies and those, and it, it felt I don't know, it felt almost like it wasn't part of the same universe because. And I know I know there's reasons for this, and people will always argue about it. But it still bothers me that everything's super shiny in the new movies. And I know because special effects have come a long way, but they could have kind of made it look yeah. like it fit into the universe. But everything's super shiny in in the prequel movies, and then in the original movies, it's like everything's destitute, rusty, and and crappy. Like you know, the world's been at in the universe been at war forever. So you know, I, I feel like with uh, the Star Wars Rebels show. They could show how things finally kind of went down, you know, into that downward spiral and, 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 and got to that point. Because obviously, you know, wars break out, the rebels start fighting, and then whole cities and towns and planets get destroyed or ravaged. And that's why we see all that, all these craptastic places, you know, yeah. it's like, man, it's like these little shanty towns, you know, in the, in the futuristic world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's certainly a nice bridge between the, the shiny sort of feel-good uh, atmosphere that the, yeah. the, the original, the, not the original, the uh, prequels, prequels. had uh, come to, the, as you said, like the sort of the, the destitute original trilogy. It's nice to sort of see almost a bridge where, like, it, you know, you still have that sort of feel-good atmosphere, but you're, as you said, you're starting to slowly see, like, the shanty towns. You're starting to see these fringers uh, of the crew, the ghosts that are having to use, you know, random parts in order to repair the ships and stuff. And it is, yeah, I think they certainly have dealt with that sort of, I suppose, like, problem, as you could probably put it, um, uh, quite successfully in the sense that we are slowly seeing that transition uh, happen. Good. Yeah, I, I really do like it, but this is always the problem with uh, creating movies. and like That was always George Lucas's plan. In fact, it was a nine-movie plan he had originally, and it was a story of uh, Darth Vader. It wasn't Luke Skywalker, which it became. And um, the, the problem is, like I was saying, having better-looking weapons and more colourful things than <laughs> the original movies makes the original movies look older, which is crazy. But see if you view the original movies and the prequels, the original movies have a darker tone to it. Yeah. Completely, give, give or take the last few half hours of Sith. When, um, you, it's, it's really good. Um, th this has got a good contrast between the two, and contrast is a favourite word of Storm City Radio, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's got a good contrast between the two. It links them better than Clone Wars did. I, I will say that 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, like, obviously, it's understandable why, you know, um, the, the the sort of later the original trilogy is darker, whereas the, the the prequels were sort of lighter to sort of show how bad the empire has affected uh, the galaxy. Um, but yeah, I think we're all quite pretty much in agreement with the fact that you know, um, rebels so far have done a really tidy job to sort of show both sides of the story, yet still progress towards that darker. Uh, yeah. sort of look at it so, yeah. with with not one no from Darth Vader yet but <laughs> <laughs> before we move on to the episode thing I've got to ask you guys I really do need to know so far I know it's only been three episodes who's who's your favourite Yogi who's your favourite so far oh you know right off the top of my head I would go with uh, Chopper just because 
<laughs> I was always a big R2-D2 fan, and I love how he was so sassy with his limited vocabulary of beeps and, and whistles. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. He's like, hey, don't give me sass, mister. <laughs> but Chopper's, like, got the same kind of thing going with him, and I like the way he just says poking and prodding people. <laughs> yeah. So, he's like an extreme R2-D2. Yeah, he's like freaking emo R2-D2. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he's got some uppers or something. I mean, that's right off the top of my head. I, I haven't had a chance to really... I have to rewatch the episodes to really have them grown on to me, but he that stood out for me because so and that's what I love about the show is that the fact the fact that they're building a new world, we're seeing some fringe planets, they're expanding the universe, but at the same time they have the familiar faces like Three CPO was there and uh, yeah. RTD2 was there, and that got me excited. I was like, "Yay, nerdgasm!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, see, for me. I, this is just for me. It's Tia. See the fact that she pranced on. I say pranced. She came on the screen, and she had Mandalorian armor that was graffiti. I want to know more about Tia. I need to know more about it's Tia. Sabine. It's not Tia. Oh, that's her voice artist. It's Sabine. <laughs> Tia. Well, maybe Tia. I'll, I'll need to look up her up later. But uh, Sabine. I wonder. Yeah. Sabine. What is, is she a looker? Let's see. Ah, uh, uh, let's just see. <laughs> I'll, I'll do this research. <laughs> oh, she's not bad. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So Tia, yeah, she most interests me. But no. Shout, um, shout out to Tia out in Fort Worth, Texas. What's up? What? What? She's in Vampire Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's nice. But anyway, her her, her character is called Sabine, and Sabine is a uh, Mandalorian. Uh, well, I presume she's Mandalorian because she's Mandalorian armor with graffiti art down it, and that just. For me, as a big Boba Fett, Jango Fett fan, it, yeah. and Man Mandalorian fan, it just it, it blew my mind with it. How did she get that armor? Is she Mandalorian? And the spray paint, it's just something different. It's very different. That's who is my favorite right now. Even though we've not seen much screen time for her in the first three episodes. Ross, what about you? Who's your favorite? <laughs> I also had Chopper written down, but to keep <laughs> things fresh, yeah. my second sort of favourite character is um, is a uh, 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 Kanan or or Cannon or I can't remember. Is it a Cannon? Uh, like a boom. I like. Uh, I want to know more about his backstory. You know, like well, for example, you can do, we... and we'll cover it in the the following episodes if you get the book A New Dawn, which I believe you just recently got. Um, yes, I have. Yeah, I've, I'm planning to read that on my holidays. A new, a new dawn is the first official canon novel from the Disney Star Wars canon, and it covers a uh, canon, and it also covers Hera's background and how they met and stuff. So it might be an interesting read, Ross, and some yeah. of you really like. Yeah, I mean, like the reason I'm so intrigued is because I'm pretty sure, like yourselves, like we always grew up thinking that. You know, Obi Wan Kenobi was um, the last of the Jedi. You know, and best, Luke Skywalker, best of the, best you know, of the Jedi. Sorry, was, and looks like so. Like you know, we we were always under the assumption that all Jedi had uh, had perished during Order sixty six, and even kind of during the sequel, uh, the prequels, we kind of still had that assumption that everybody had perished uh, until obviously Force Unleashed came out. And then we realized other Jedi's were still kicking about. So obviously, mm -hmm. like, because I'm still under that, like idea i'd like to know how he managed to escape like you know like how he managed to sort of get off like or where he was during the order 66 was he part of a of the the clone wars or was he still like in a in a sort of was he still in the jedi temple or how did he get away and i'd like to see how 
how his backstory is going to affect the character that we're going to witness down the line of Star Wars Rebels, and especially like the fact that like he seems to always like you know this is the first time he's had a, he's going to have like a um, okay. a student, so it'd be quite interesting to see how his inexperience in probably in the Jedi in the Force arts uh, himself is going to affect on Ezra and how they're going to sort of, it's almost as if they're going to teach each other as the, the well that's that's an assumption are you saying canon ain't a badass and that um and no 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 it's more the fact that like it's, <laughs> the, 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 this is what i love about him is the fact that like you know the, there's it's that unknown there's that like inexperienced mix yeah. with maturity you know he knows how to handle himself obviously mm. but when it comes to specifically the force there's only so much like teaching that he's probably had you know, so like if you think about it, like uh, it's five years. That's what I'm trying to think. Um, so that's like 14 years since Order 66 when this show started, if my math is correct. So he spent 14 years, or presumably he spent 14 years without a master. So you know, it, it would be like a bit like sort of like trying to learn how to ride a bike, I suppose, if you're not constantly practicing. So yeah, how yeah. sort of like you know, how how much is he? how much experience has he gained using his force powers within that 14 years and is it enough to properly teach a student like Ezra and I think I think both of the characters will figure that out as the season goes on and that's something I'm quite interested in to see how how canon changes over the um, uh, over the season and whether or not for the good or bad so yeah I'm interested to read um, A New Dawn because it does tell a bit of his backstory, but I don't think it's like I don't think it goes way back to where he came from. Oh, I mean, I'm not expecting to be revealed like immediately. You know, it's no. definitely something I'll be looking out for. Like as oh, yeah. it, it, obviously there's a second season that's been uh, greenlit, so over probably the next season or two seasons, I'll definitely be looking forward to figuring out uh, how they deal with him and how um, how that he sort of progresses as a character. You yeah, because he, he came across to me at first as the sort of um, Han Solo character, and then I realised Ezra's actually the Han Solo character, just a lot younger. And what's, <laughs> what's even worse is that, is that Kanan could, pause, could easily be uh, Kyle Katarn. They could have easily brought Kyle Katarn in and just replaced the names, and it's just annoying because Kyle Katarn is literally Han Solo mixed with a Jedi. And like that's what Kanan seems to be set up to be Han Solo with Jedi stuff, and it's like, come on, you could have just easily used that. Sorry, that was my rant. <laughs> the, <laughs> the extended universe. God damn it, because Kyle Katarn such a badass. Well, but if anyway. we're going to rant, then it could have been a show about Darth Vader training up <laughs> Galen Maddock, and we could have had the whole Force Unleashes TV show. But we're not going to get into that but because yeah, it's out not with, canon. Um, out, yeah. out with Chopper, who's literally the greatest character that's ever existed because he's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he just literally just... Oh, I just love the fact that he just gets on Ezra's nerves all the time, and it's just absolutely hilarious. And uh, especially, like, the um, uh, the R2-D2 versus Chopper-style thing that happened in um, uh, Droids in Distress in that episode. It was quite interesting to see uh, sort of the two... Astromechs go sort of like toe to toe for a wee bit. They started probing each other. Yeah, I just, I just love the fact that he, he, he doesn't, he, he really come like Jobber just comes across like he doesn't give a fuck. No. And, um, uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, apart from Chopper, yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to see how uh, Kanan or Canon or however it's yeah. pronounced. Canon. It's Canon. Is it Canon? Yeah. Uh, how how Canon <laughs> uh, progresses through the series. Very intriguing because, awesome. as I said, remember, you know, if, if he is a big Jedi, 
how come we haven't heard about him in episodes? Well, because they had to hide. You know, but anyway, I, I mean, this is me sort of condensing. I'm, I, I keep on forgetting the galaxy is so wide that you know he probably Obi Wan Kenobi doesn't even know about everybody. Who's see like, that? Yeah, that's Obi Wan Kenobi you know. knows about everybody. Obi Wan Kenobi knows about <laughs> everybody. He knows about forty two level one. He knows about horseplay. He knows about all the good shows. <laughs> that's, that's how Obi Wan rolls. Trust me, Obi Wan's got me in the old holocron phone, and he's t- constantly telling me. Tell that Yogi Zilla he the shit, man. You know. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say holocron. I'd say holonet. That's kind well, of... it's it's the holocron phone, Ross. I've got the newer model, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, before we digress, we have got to talk about there was four prequels, four two-minute prequels introducing the characters, and it was entitled "The Machine and the Ghost," "Art Attack," "Entanglement," and "Property of Ezra Bridger." Now. Uh, we could cover these in li- li- literally two minutes, but Ross, why don't you? Yeah, they were good. It was it obviously on the build up of Rebels, and I mean, this is the first sort of like Star Wars thing that we've seen since Clone Wars. It was interesting to see how, uh, how it's going to play out, and I felt that these um, these shorts were um, were a good way to sort of give us a wee bit of a taster, yet still provide some uh, background as to how these characters are and how the characters came about, you know, sort of idea. And um, especially Chopper, this is why I fell in love with Chopper was because uh, the, his short was just amazing. The fact that everybody was too busy shouting at each other and he just goes away and just shoots down the Tie Fighters <laughs> on his own. <laughs> it's like yes, Chopper, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I really did. Lo- I-, I love that one. And I mean, I didn't really like the Art Attack one with the Sabine and the um, the graffiti. It just didn't seem to resonate with me uh i mean that was the only one that i didn't really like uh but then obviously and uh, the one with ezra was quite funny he kind of got an idea as to how ezra is as a character and his sort of like you know cheeky you know his sort of like you know his cocky self as well and the fact that he's taking down the tie in the way and stealing the guy's helmet was quite funny um but yeah i mean it, it was a great introduction before we got to see everything in the proper flesh it was quite good yeah I, I, I was highly impressed with, I was especially impressed with the fact that there weren't TV spots like we're so used to. They were mm-hmm. actually self-contained shots, which was quite interesting, quite different. And I, I know with production costs, it'd be quite cool if like other TV shows did that, you know, created, rather than doing a 30 second TV spot of the episode, they actually created like a, a minute short based on one of the characters. I think it was like a very cool marketing campaign that uh, Rebels did. Now, now, see the guy that produced the third one, Entanglement, Simon Kinberg. He also did. He produced films such as Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the Sherlock Holmes film that I don't count as Sherlock Holmes with uh, Iron Man, and uh, This Means War and Elysium. So it's big yeah. producers they've got on board. And um, my favourite one, I have to say, is Property of Ezra Bad- Bridger. Sorry, um, because it kind of gave you an interest in the character because he was he was. Playing this uh, trooper, he met a TIE fighter trooper, a TIE pilot, and he took his helmet off him, and it kind of gave you an intro to Ezra. He collects the helmets. So I really enjoyed that, and the fact that it was the first of his energy slingshot. You know, I really like his slingshot. Um, But yeah, they they were all really good, but you can get them in the Disney XD channel if you've missed them. Um, if you go to Disney XD or Disney.com or .co.uk, they're on their video section. They're about two minutes long. And Art Attack was okay. It just showed you that Sabine loves spray painting. Um, the Machine and the Ghost was the one that probably interested Ross the most because it was a bit canon and Hera 
and Chopper. Uh, <laughs> which I, I kind of get from both of you guys, Yogi and uh, Ross, that you, you're, you're kind of Chopper fans. Yeah. Seems the way it seems the way this is going. So we've got the droids and the dudes. So if you want to dro- join the droids team, you're with Ross and Yogi. If you want to join join the dudes team, well, you're not with me actually because I don't like them. <laughs> All right. Well, my my runner up would have been uh, what's the uh, the, the Twilik chick uh, Hera. Oh Hera, Hera. You like Hera? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, cool. Just just because I like tentacle. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not gonna finish that thought. <laughs> <laughs> no. No hentai, no hentai, no hentai, no hentai. I don't know why. Every time I see the, you know, the the, the Twilix, I always feel like, you know, especially ever since that scene with uh, uh, no Java the Java the Hut, you know, the the, the little slave uh, Twilix women, yeah. you know. I always feel like I just want to snuggle up on their tentacles, like, oh, pretty bird, pretty bird. <laughs> so, Yogi Zilla is actually he, <laughs> Yogi's actually a descendant of Jabba. You know, he's one of the Hot Clan. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not completely there yet, but I have a bit of a championship belt. Oh, pod racing? Was it pod racing? <laughs> we got people yeah. in the chat going TMI, Yogi. TMI. <laughs> Listen, I just I just said what everybody was thinking. Is listening in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll say her name quickly before Yogi and uh, Ross go hot on us. <laughs> uh, Sabine is my most interesting character. But anyway, um. We've got to talk some schematics before we get into the actual discussion of Spark of Rebellion, Ross. Tell us a wee bit about this interesting fact that they're actually doing a redo or a special edition of Spark of Rebellion. Obviously, everybody would have seen it by now if you're listening to this in Star Wars. It was obviously the 40-minute extended um, episode. I don't believe it's episode. Well, it's a mini-movie. Um, however, they've decided to re-release Sparks of Rebellion, um, the first episode, uh, on the 26th of October with the additional scene of Darth Vader is being thrown into it. So, um, I'd be quite intrigued. I've heard that the right at the end of episode one, where um, the the guy... the the guy with the greatest sideburns have, has ever existed, <laughs> the best chops ever, uh, is speaking to the Inquisitor. It's, I think it's around that scene that you're then going to see the Inquisitor speak to Darth Vader, and um, it might give people a wee bit more of an idea. I think the reason they've added it in is people were quite perplexed as to who the Inquisitor was and why he was there. So I think having Darth Vader involved in this scene probably uh-huh. gives them an idea as to, like, I think the whole idea of the creators had... The, the, the idea the creators had for the Inquisitor was the fact that he was like Darth Vader's attack dog in the sense that Darth Vader can't be at every single place in the galaxy at every single time. So he yeah. has these dark Jedis that go out and do his dirty work for him, which the Inquisitor mm-hmm. is one of them. So hopefully, I think they're hoping that this added scene um, will sort of expand on that. And obviously, Disney trying to make more money, it makes sense re-releasing it with the added scene in it as well. But it'll be interesting to see if we get more of Darth Vader, because I think James L. Jones has done has, has signed up to voice a couple of episodes. So it'll be interesting to see how much Darth Vader gets played into it, or if he's just going to be a bit... Or maybe he could be a bit like, you know how in the original trilogy we didn't see a lot of Emperor Palpatine? You know, he was always up of every course. so often. Maybe Darth Vader's going to be that idea in Rebels, I, where we'll just I, see him the odd type. 
I don't things. know. I'll pass it over to Yogi after this, Ross, but I really hope this doesn't, even though I love Obi-Wan and I like the Holocron reference, I really hope it does its own thing rather than folds into the old trilogy to rely on fans. I really hope it does its own thing and builds on that. And, um, I mean, you, you can't deny the the pilot drew more viewers than The Flash, which was CW's biggest pilot ever. And uh, the, the, the pilot of this drew 6.5 million. Um, and, I mean... I, I just, I just, I, I, it's fresh, it's new, it's, I like the ties in, but like, see how C-3PO and R2-D2 were in one episode, I hope that's what it sticks at, and I hope Obi-Wan meets them at some point, I really do hope they go to Tatooine, and they do meet up with the Hermit Obi-Wan, which I'm expecting a rather expensive statue for, <laughs> um, uh, from Sideshow Collectibles, I don't know if any listeners know about this one, it's, uh, they've made a statue, Okay, and Obi-Wan's my favourite character of everything. Everything. Think of think think of something, okay? That's my favourite character, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this figurine come Well, it's a, it's a statue. It's about two... F- it's, <laughs> it's more than I should have spent on it last year, but I paid it in full. And uh, it's coming in November. And this comes with an interchangeable head, Ross and Yogi. And uh, it's half Alec McGuinness and half Hugh McGregor. And it, it looks really cool. And on his back, he's got, like, Clone Wars, uh, Clone War armor. It's got Anakin's lightsaber. It's got bits and pieces from the Clone Wars on him. I will need to pop a picture on our Twitter, which is at RebelsCastUK. And, uh, oh, it's uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But anyway, back to Star Wars just now. I hope they stay away from that and do their own thing as much as possible because that's what makes Star Wars for me. It's the unknown, the what's going to happen. Like, I am your father. I don't want any reveals like that. I want surprises. I want things I didn't know about the Force. And Yogi, what, 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 what do you hope from this series? What, what would you like to see? Well, I, I just wanted to say real quick, uh, you mentioned how the pilot for this uh, did better than... Uh, the Flash premiere. Yeah, yeah. That should be no surprise, considering that the only reason uh, the Flash is doing well is because it, it it's benefiting from the Arrow. Uh, that show's good. The Flash ooh, ooh, is good. Ooh, that's a discussion for another time, Yogi. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm just saying. All right, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to bust the chops. No, but you know, the the. I, I, I'm digging the show, uh, and now that you s- just told me the extended cut of Spark of Rebellion, you know, I got to check that out, and uh, I, I, did, I wasn't even aware of the shorts. I mean, I knew about them, but I didn't know where, where to get them, so I was like, uh, so much stuff already. It's it's exciting, and I agree. They, they need to do new stuff. Uh, it's good to have the fanfare, but, you know, having new characters, you know, and and, and explaining more backstories. Because, you know, it always bogged my mind. Like, really, those the, the, no, there's only a, a handful of Jedis that survive. I really find that hard to believe. Like, Luke Skywalker is the last of them, you know, and then Obi-Wan. And, you know, come on, really. They're pretty badass. You're telling me some of them didn't exist somewhere else. Like, hiding yeah. when you for the perfect time. It's kind of hard to believe, you know? Yeah, and it's it's funny you should bring that up. And, again, I, 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 over the course of our, um, of Rebels Cash UK, I will constantly refer to this because I think it's a perfect sort of like way but you know being the, the GM for Edge of the Empire 
that's when I realized how vast the galaxy actually is. You know, we were so used to just seeing a small, a small snippet of the galaxy via Clone Wars and the, the, the two trilogies. And now Rebels is opening this up. And as you said, you know, it's now realizing, hang on a minute, there could be thousands. I mean, if you think about how big our solar system is, then yeah. times that by a million, which is the size of like the Star Wars galaxy. Of yeah. course, of course, there's going to be there was other stuff going on. of loads, yeah. you know? And it's like, but then it's just funny that the fact that we're, it's like, this is the first time that we're really getting to, to sort of experience that expanded universe um, from the point of view in Rebels, uh, you know, because we're just so used to just following the key players that uh, now it's kind of like Rebels, like showing all these different planets, these different characters. It's kind of now making the whole like original trilogy. Not, I'm, I'm not saying this is a bad way, kind of kind of making it going. My God, it doesn't focus around Han Solo and Lee all like you know Han Solo and Luke Skywalker all the time. Like going, these selfish pricks. There's other people in the galaxy. What even? <laughs> But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's brilliant. I, I'm totally uh, in agreement with you, uh, Yogi, about the fact that you know there's bound to be other Jedi's out there, and it'll be interesting if that's what gets explored in Rebels, whether or not they do bump into other Jedi's uh, along their sort of adventures. Very quite uh, interesting. Yeah, and this um, is such a tremendous opportunity for them to visit some of those fringe planets, those those hidden places that. You know the empire doesn't know about or doesn't know about them yet. You know stuff like that. I, uh, I mean, it'd be great for them to visit familiar locales like Tatooine, but um, you know, let, let's let's have some new places. Why not? Like, the the galaxy is vast. Yeah, or even like getting to see places that um, uh, that that have only been mentioned verbally, like through the sort of like Clone Wars and um, the other trilogies. You know, for example, like Kessel. For example, like, we all knew about the Kessel Run. We didn't know where Kessel was, what Kessel is, you know, and then finally, in the first episode, we finally get to see what Kessel looks like and, you know, why it's utilised the way it's utilised. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, and as you said, it's great to sort of finally see different uh, uh, planets. And th there was a case where I was a wee bit scared before I watched it going, oh, don't tell me Ezra's from Tatooine. You know, everyone comes from Tatooine. But in, no, no, in fact, he's from, I think it's Lorthal or Lorthal, I think it's called the planet he is. And again, as you said, it's nice to see different aspects of planetary life and different planets, you know, like we finally saw Rhodes for the first time in, Star in the Star Wars universe in episode uh, in episode two i think it is uh two or three when uh they're getting chased by the tie fighters you see the big highway that they're like sort of like riding their speeder bikes down it's like oh no, my god i don't think i've ever <laughs> seen a road yet in star wars it's like shit that's what they look like you know and it's great for them and i think rebels now has the opportunity as you said to explore those like unknown sections of the um uh, of of the universe, and uh, I suppose it's a great way to sort of roll into our first sort of discussion on episode one, which is obviously Sparks of Rebellion, um, a big forty minute long mini movie type thing, um, and um, yeah, it kind of just we, we get used to the characters, we get to see what's going on about them, and um, obviously yourself, you just sort of like have recently jumped onto the Rebels bandwagon type thing. What did you think of uh, the first episode? Oh, I loved it. I, I got sucked in right away. Uh, and now I'm going to try to track down uh, as many different versions of everything in the shorts. And I, I just realized that there's a, there's a DVD set in uh, Walmart. This is an exclusive set, so, uh, according to them, at least. Mm -hmm. the, only they have it. You can get a 3D model kit of the ghost ship 
um, a, a trailer of, of the entire season one and all the shorts plus the extended version of uh, Sparks of, Spark of Rebe- Rebellion. So that's pretty awesome. I might have to get that yeah. now. <laughs> because yeah, it's turning me to a fanboy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, it seems like they might be going down the route like the, the same sort of structure as Clone Wars went down in the sense that, um, uh, you know, that way where... Uh, uh, you had the Clone Wars movie first before it jumped into the TV show. It feels like maybe this yeah. first episode was their sort of idea. Maybe not as sort of um, uh, as stark as uh, the Clone Wars did it, but yeah, especially the, the fact that they've come out with a Sparks of Rebellion DVD. You know, it really does make sense. Um, but it was a brilliant like show, and it had it had everything you wanted to have in uh, in a Star Wars. Um, uh, you know, in in, in 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 a Star Wars episode, in the sense that you know you managed to, you know, you you, you felt you you got the feeling of Star Wars. I was like immediately transported back to when I was like a young kid watching A New Hope for the first time, seeing these characters for the first time, going through sort of similar scenarios and similar situations, being on the the uh, you know be, being on the ship, being off the planet, you know, rescuing people. It was like, everything. It was anything a Star Wars fan wanted was like piled into that uh, rebellion and it was done it, it was done well it wasn't thrust into your face like certain certain superhero shows aka Gotham it's not like thrust into you like that <laughs> uh, whereas you know rebellion it felt right and it felt proper as to how it, they handled you know the, the very essence that Star Wars is yeah and I think it's important for the pacing in this in this series already is right where it needs to be. It's fast enough that you, you're getting interested, but not so fast that you feel like there's no room for them to go with the story. Whereas you, you compared it to Gotham, it's a good comparison. Gotham is not subtle at all, and they're trying to like squeeze as much as they can in there. And sometimes by doing that, you detract from the characters. Here, we have the characters front and center, and there's, they're showing other things, but we're still focused around that, that ragtag group of rebels, and it, it's really yeah. cool, because I, I actually feel fully invested in each of these characters. Yeah, it's almost like in every episode so far, we get like some meaningful downtime with the characters when they're on their ship, which gives you that chance to sort of like take a break from the action, get an idea as to how the characters are feeling and what the characters are wanting to do that for that specific episode and then all of a sudden you're like right you got your chance for a break now we're back into the entire show and it's a shame that a lot of shows fail in that in that you know respect in terms of trying to you know throw things at you too far and uh yeah so ali what did you think of episode one uh, well i will tell you from the start i doubted this cgi animation um, I watched Clone Wars, Disney, no matter what they've done, it kind of, you know, that wave when you know Disney from when you're from the 80s like us, Ross, and it's like, I know what you might do to this. And I was worried this was going to become Mickey Mouse will show up in the planet Disney with a lightsaber, which I've seen Mickey Mouse with a lightsaber and it's not pretty. So... The fact that they have done this well, animated it well, the the whole first story captivated me. And like Yogi, I think Yogi said earlier that all the characters, they they, they were in, they engrossed you. They they captured you instantly. Not one of them can you pick as your favorite. Like you two were struggling, you chose the robot. I was sensible and I chose Sabine, but that may be a Sabine versus um, <laughs> Chopper argument later on. But I mean. 
every one of them. Chopper, I totally agree. He's like, so, <laughs> part of my French Obi-Wan Kenobi, God rest your soul up there in Jedi Heaven, but he seems better than R2-D2. You can, he, he, he winds up Ezra, he's like, he's almost, I know this is the wrong word to say, but he's more vocal, you know, and you can get what he's trying to say, the animation is brilliant, the whole thing, like Zeb being against Ezra getting picked up, and then Zezra, Ze, Ezra gets picked up, and uh, Canon, kind of the silent, mysterious, like Ross was saying, he was interested in Canon's background, how can you not be interested in this guy in the background, who turns around and goes, zoom, in the middle of a stormtrooper, uh, assault. It was so badass the way he done that. Do you not think that, Ross? Like, in the middle when he goes, um, something will give us away, and he goes, yes, it's me, and he went vroom. Oh, <laughs> uh, and on the planet Kessel, when they were doing <laughs> the thing. Oh, no, no. The best bit of that entire scene was when uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Amazing Chops Man uh, turned round and goes, focus your fire. On the Jedi, and I was like, "Oh my God, I'm in a Star Wars <laughs> film. This is amazing." Is that um, <laughs> uh, what's that guy's name? Is it Agent Cal? Agent Callus? Uh, yeah. Agent Callus, but he's he's yeah. called he's called Mega Awesome Chops Man. And my, my okay. he's got the badass sideburns. They're amazing. He's got a helmet that fits his sideburns. He's like, oh, you know what? These sideburns are not getting damaged when I'm in a fight. I'm making a helmet just for them. <laughs> I read the the backstory on him and apparently he, yeah. he was in a terrible fire and they had to do some kind of weird uh, skin graft and they took some of his butt hairs and put him in his, in his sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's no canon, right? <laughs> Why your sideburns? That's, that's part of a new uh, Disney retcon. Right, I'm going to Wikipedia and I'm editing that now. What your sideburns? <laughs> he, he, yeah. he does have crazy awesome chops and a helmet oh. as well. It's amazing. <laughs> it does indeed. Um, but yeah, the the first episode was amazing. It gave me everything I wanted. Like I was saying, I genuinely and I fully admit it. This Clone Wars movie, when it was on Sky and I uh, rented it on Sky, um, uh, I fell asleep. And I know it was in a split shift, Ross, and you know Chef, Chef and then he's eh, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it was uh, it was it it dulled me. And this was like. I'd say 3 o'clock in the morning and I was sitting watching it I went, oh, this is going to be rubbish and 10 minutes in my eyes went, I'm instantly interested in every one of these characters so, Disney, hats off to you, Fantasia hats off to you um, you've done a stellar job or you've let a team do a stellar job I cannot believe how well they have done in this show like I, I I asked some girls at work, do you know what Star Wars is? Yeah, it's that boring thing with the Starship Enterprise. I went, <laughs> there's reasons I do not talk to you. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's, it, it, it's so unexplainably good for me. I was so worried about this show, and I I could never explain this sort of happiness in 42 Level 1 because I have to talk to Andy. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I was like, Oh, alrighty then. 
And I almost wanted to go to Paris. Just, I, I nearly booked a flight cheaply. I, just to high-five Mickey Mouse. It's as close as you're going to get to touching Walt Disney just to go, your legacy is <laughs> done well, finally. You know, you've mucked up a lot. You've done bad things in the past, but you've done this right. Anyway, episode one, uh, we got the ghost ship, which kind of looked like um, half of the Millennium Falcon, and they all call each other Spectres. Yeah. Um, which is kind of ghost recon like, and I loved it. I I I do not have any problems with introducing people to Star Wars via this episode now. Don't know about you guys. I I I have no qualms whatsoever. I I think it's cool that they're using uh, call signs and it shows that they're very organized. It, immediately you get the sense that they've been rolling together for a long time. There's a, a high level of trust. So. Seeing that camaraderie right off the bat, again, makes you want to find out more about them. You feel invested in the characters right off the bat. In fact, this series makes me want to go back to the Clone Wars. So now I'm screwed because I'm going to have some... I'm probably going to end up having some really hardcore marathon sessions eventually. Probably very soon. Yeah, so episode one is out the way. It gets... uh... About five lightsabers out of five from all of us, I'd say. <laughs> five lightsabers, I. <laughs> yes, five lightsabers, definitely, all round. <laughs> yeah. Yogi, five out of five? Uh, I'd give it two tentacle uh, hair pieces. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Which is equivalent to five out of five. So, <laughs> yes. after, after we got Spark of Rebellion, of course, we got Droids in Distress. Which, um, the crew, they're kind of like a ragtag crew. If you can imagine, if you've never watched Star Wars before or anything um, cartoon-related, and you know, you must know who Han Solo is. It's Harrison Ford. He is Han Solo. So um, if he got a crew that wasn't the Joker, I mean, sorry, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he would have benefited from this sort of crew and it's basically like the two sides of the galaxy two sides of planets this is Han Solo's doing one thing with Luke and obviously it was years later but you've got Ezra you've got Cannon you've got Hera you've got Sabine I mean Zeb everybody Zeb kind of is apprehensive against Ezra and I don't really understand why do you two guys have an opinion why he's apprehensive yeah the he, he seems to be warming up to him, especially mm. after he saved his butt. But even after that, he's kind of like, uh, I think there's going to be some kind of backstory where maybe he doesn't get attached to little kids because he, he may have experienced loss. I mean, I don't know how dark they're going to get, but maybe he was a daddy or he had a young person in the crew before and he lost him, and that's why he's kind of avoiding that attachment. Um, that's the only thing I can think of that makes sense. But again, I don't know how, how dark they're going to go with that, that, that story. Yeah. See, I'll, I'll kind of go with that. That's what I kind of thought. So I'm kind of hoping that's the way it goes down. But in this episode, we've got C-3PO and <laughs> R2-D2 himself. What were you two, What was you two guys' opinions on R2-D2 and C-3PO appearing? It's, um, they've, they've basically made me hate C-3PO to my art core. Like, you know, I can't... Do you know the, <gasps> You're, yeah, do you know I can't. I can't is... look at C-3PO any longer after he betrayed <laughs> the. Uh, the like, he, he played it. He just phoned up the Imperials, and you're just like, "I, right, I'm over here. 
come come get us all and i was like oh i mean yeah. we, all, we all know c3po doesn't know what's going on and doesn't know exactly what's happening but i mean it's do you know what i see i thought that was a bit too when far. r2d2 is andy and fraser <laughs> and i'm there look skywalker guiding them through the galaxy c3po uh, but, being andy obviously but i mean c3po is still played by anthony daniels maybe i mean maybe not i, I think maybe disney uh, the the writers sort of wrote C-3PO in a wee bit harsher than they should have. In the sense that, you know, like, fair dues, he doesn't know exactly what's going on around him, but I didn't really see C-3PO as a droid that would, you know, immediately, no, you know, no. like, phone up Especially the Imperials. Watching, you know. I don't know if any of you guys watched the cartoon series when you were younger, Droids. No, I don't think I did. Droids was amazing, and they had a comic book, and it was... I actually read Droids before I seen Star Wars. And it was about um, C three point R two D two, and they were in junk planets, and maybe they visited uh, the Rossophia, and it was <laughs> they melted the, <laughs> you know, the battle droids. But I I can't remember that far back. But it was really good, and you're correct. Like they completely played C three PO out of character at that point, from what we've seen him as. But I mean, it was good though. I mean, like it was great to sort of see. Uh, the characters and I, I, you know it wasn't again uh, like as Yogi also uh, briefly said earlier on it was good to sort of you know it, 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 unlike Gotham it was good to see them bring in existing characters but uh, better that way like, you know but in, in a sort of easier and more sort of subtler way than Gotham does you know it felt right and it felt it made sense to have R2-D2 and C-3PO there than, uh, for example, when Gotham like throw in um, poison ivy type ideas. So, um, <laughs> no, well, you, Yogi, what did you think of uh, and uh, C3PO? Even though you say you're a massive R2D2 fan, you like Chopper. Do you think they were necessary, or do you think they were thrown in to keep the fans there? I think it was it was necessary. Uh... Just, uh, I hope they they do more with that and not not just have it be a one off. And did you notice that through C uh, three PO's uh, leg was already messed up? Like he's always yeah, getting damaged. Yeah, but his legs always been silver. They yeah, but they he, they, re leg. they repair him several times though, if I recall. Hmm. So uh, they, they wiped his mind at the end of episode three. I think Obi Wan told Bale to wipe his mind. Mm -hmm. Was it? Yeah, and Bail Organa's kind of creepy after I, I'd watched Sons of Anarchy quite a lot and I rewatched it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can't see you in the same way, SA, you know? I mean, I, that, that was another thing. Seeing Bail Organa um, uh, in episode two did sort of finally give you a bit of an idea of the wider picture of what's going on, you know? Like, yeah. I can see Rebels being very personal in terms of following the crew and... I think that's how this season's going to go ahead is the fact that we're going to get bits and pieces where they're going to be inadvertently. It, it, it's almost like, I know this won't happen in the season, but using this as a sort of like, as an example, it'd be almost like um, they're, they're suddenly in the mix of fighting off, off a whole load of TIE fighters. Then just as they punch into hyperspace, you see the Death Star blow up, you know, like that. It, it seems that's the kind of, I think that's the way Rebels seem to be playing down is the fact that we're going to see these wee snippets. Maybe next next time we might actually see them, like you know, fly past the um, uh, the Corellian cruiser that has uh, Princess Leia on board. You know, like maybe things. I mean, maybe that's a wee bit too close. Well, episode it's 14, four, but fourteen years before, but, so we've got a long time. But it, it was that idea. I think that's that's the kind of idea that I think they're going to do. Is that I definitely think we're going to get 
like every so often we're going to get like a wee hint as to how the overall picture is playing out. Maybe not on the rebel side, but we could see a wee bit more on like um, Darth Vader. We could see a wee bit more about what's going on with the Empire uh, in the the Senate. I don't think the Senate has been dissolved at this point. I can't remember exactly, but um, but yeah. See where I'm coming from, you know, that way. And, and it was very interesting. It was very cool. And you kind of like, you got so wrapped up in this crew. And then it was a nice sort of touch to kind of go, oh, yeah, I forgot about everything that's actually happening in the galaxy because I've been <laughs> so invested in these characters. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah, Bail Organa. You know, it's like, shit, yeah. I totally know about that, you know. So, so we should yeah. probably give a little bit of background because I almost forgot completely about Senator Organa. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's mm. a big thing because he's still right now in, in the storyline in – uh. In Rebels, he's still yep. the owner of C-3PO and R2-D2. R2-D2, yep. Because, yes. obviously, uh, at the end of Episode 3, Darth Vader's children were being born, and, uh, well, sorry, Anakin Skywalker's children were being born by uh, Queen Amidala, and, uh, or Princess Amidala, however you take her. And uh, I just take her as wooden, as an actor. But, uh, <laughs> I want to know how I would take one. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was a lead-in. That was a bad lead-in. Wait, you guys um, are not uh, Natalie Portman fans? No. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> no, not for me. Black Swan, hell yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that film, I had to leave. This, I watched that at the cinema and I had to leave. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. Um, went, that was the last time I, I let my missus choose a film, and that was about two years ago, three years ago. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, anyway, um, basically, Bail Organa is the adoptive parent of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Once the Jedi Order got dismissed, and Darth Vader had uh, ruled his iron fist, or black fist, or metal fist, or whatever his arm is, robotic fist, and uh, they had to go into hiding. So. Obi-Wan Kenobi went into Tatooine, into hiding. Oh, I feel sorry for Kenobi. I really miss Kenobi. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> enough of my Kenobi love. Um, he gave look to um, Bale uh, Organa and... No, it wasn't. It was two farmers. And uh, anyway, we'll get into, Ross will cover that in a minute, but I'll cover the Princess Leia side. They gave it to Bail Organa, and she became Princess Leia Organa, and she did not know about her brother, twin brother, Luke, which got separated from her to Moisture Farmers, Ross. Yes, uh, Owen, Owen and Baru, uh, Luke Skywalker put towards them, and Ross. then obviously... Do you know what? Yeah. I never got that. Like, Princess Leia got the Organa surname. Why did he get told his real surname when Obi-Wan Kenobi staying around the corner? I, I don't know. Maybe it's, I think they were... A Why bit, was he not uh, Luke Lars? Luke I Lars. think it was I think it was a <laughs> bit more... Um, uh, I think they were a bit more sort of flexible with Luke knowing about his uh, his past. Than, they were more modern and they were okay with separate parents know. and adoption and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, to, to, to bring that into Rebels, obviously, for that background thing, you know, Bail Organa still owns R2-D2 and C-3PO, which means, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting sort of point to make, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they manage to sort of deal with that overall. That's strange. I um, don't recall owning could, a droid. You know, may, we might, is this going to be the last we see of C-3PO and R2-D2? I think not. It'll be interesting to see how we're going to see them again and whether or not that's the first step towards the crew of the ghost slowly or inadvertently making their way towards the 
the Rebel Alliance. I mean, Sabine seems to already know a bit about them by spray painting the logo quite a wee bit. So, well, do you think that that's her inadvertently creating the logo? And do you think that the Ghost Crew, both of you guys, this is to Yogi and Ross, do you, do you think that they might be inadvertently creating the Rebel Alliance, even dismiss, dismissing the Force Unleashed because? Never mind the perfect backstory, but <laughs> do you think that they might be inadvertently creating it? No? I think it's already been created, and uh, Sabine is a rebel operative uh, working within, um, not working in like a bad way against the, the the crew, but I think as a Mandalorian in her... She might be spinning her towards the rebels. Yeah, she's. I think she's pushing them into helping the rebels inadvertently, you know, by sort of coming up with these... Well, maybe maybe Hera has more idea about the missions, but I think mm. that's why. I, I reckon... Sorry, I'll, I'll bring myself back. <laughs> yes, Sabine is definitely, I think, a... a Really? A rebel operative, yeah. I disagree, but Yogi, what do you think on that? Do you think they're creating the rebel lines? Do you think they're just going to fall into it? or? Well, considering if everybody's spread out throughout the galaxy and there's only five years till A New Hope, you would think that there's some kind of operation already in place. Because I don't think five years is enough for something that yeah, structure to come together. I would like it to be like that. I would like it to be kind of like accidental, but there's people here and there that are leading their own individual units and then they combine their efforts. That's That'd make for, for a great story and then they can spread it out over several seasons, right? Mm-hmm. But like five years, I don't, I don't see that being something where, oops, I created this rebel thing. Okay, cool, let's go. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, like, could, you you can still have that story idea in the sense that although the rebel... The, the Rebel Alliance has been created, they might not know about it and they inadvertently do, as you said, like have their own sort of like mini uh, sort of like anti-imperial thing and then because of that they sort of like flag themselves up to the Rebels who then like sort of fold them into the main sort mm. of like ranks of... I do, I, do see, I do see what you're saying, Ross, but I, I don't, like Yogi said, I don't see it happening this soon. Uh, I think it was a few seasons down. I don't oh know yeah, definitely. I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm not thinking it's going to happen. I'm, I'm just thinking that these subtle hints are are pretty much proving that somebody. I mean, like, there's got to be a specific reason why you know RTD2 and C3PO were there on that right, like sort of like you know uh, on the right sort of ship at the same time as the. Um, mm. Oh uh, yeah. As, so I reckon Sabine has been in contact with the Rebel Alliance and has sort of like, and has arranged. Uh, this sort of meet up there, and you know, I think there's it's almost as if the rebel lines are keeping tabs on the go on the crew of the ghost. Well, see it, whether it, or not. it depends. Like, um, I would still love to believe in Gallimatic, like, he's <laughs> a beloved no, you laugh, but he's a beloved character, like, and he was a brilliant character, and he was canon at the time. And uh, as was a lot of things, but I mean, Gallimatic, if. <clears throat> they could in season three, maybe even Gallimatic suggesting they go to a certain place and them them going in helps the Rebel Lions. Like, never mind Gallimatic. <laughs> it's just my fanboyism coming out. I can't beat Starkiller. I just want a program with Starkiller. But uh, if it's going to happen the way that you're thinking, Ross, then it would happen sooner than we hope. But I. I I don't think that uh, Sabine is anything to do with that. I think she might have her own uh, backstory and development that's going to come through. 
and I think it's going to open up the Mandalorian world a whole yeah. lot more and maybe envelop the Mandalorians into the fight, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Because they were a rep- re- repressed race um, during the Empire's re- uh, reign. And I would love to see a bit of more of the Mandalorians than we've seen in the Clone Wars. I mean, I know we've seen a good bit of it in the Clone Wars and it was nice, but I would like to see it further. I want to know the ethics, the back... I want to know everything about Mandalorians. Sorry, Boba Fett fanboy coming out. I can't <laughs> help it, not fanboy over Star Wars, but you know what I mean? I want to know more. And Ross is going to the end goal, and I want to see that end goal eventually that they have helped the rebel alliance all along but i don't want it to be like a plant like hera or sabine like ross said or even chopper being a fucking plant for the rebel alliance i want it to be a thing that's developed along that isn't a thing just now because like yogi said i don't think five years ross is enough for people to go yeah we're going to rebel against this shit i think five years is probably like Scotland not getting independence. And oh no no, there. I was I was more mean. No no, I was more meaning like the Rebel Alliance has already been set up and they I are like they're like one and they're like so the Rebel Alliance oh. are keeping tabs on like prospected. No. Um, I don't think that's sort of I idea. I, oh well, I disagree. I really don't think that's happening just now. That's that. Well, I mean, like I I just no no no. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. Like that, that everyone, every, everyone can think their own, but I mean, like it's I, I, the timeline just doesn't fit. Well, is it me or doesn't Sabine seem like too carefree to be someone that's like masterminding something of that scope? Yeah, but I mean, there's, there's uh, she's either playing off very well. <laughs> there's a reason, Yogi. She's wearing Mandalorian armor, so she's either Mandalorian or she's retrieved that armor from a Mandalorian. That's my two thoughts. Yeah. So. I think she's either... Oh, all Mandalorians are uh, bounty hunters? Or what, what's up yeah. with that? <laughs> well, not all Mandalorians are bounty hunters, but they're a race of warriors. But, I mean, she is either taking that armor from a dead Mandalorian, which makes her a badass in one way, yeah. or she is a Mandalorian, and she's badass anyway. So, yeah. I want to know... Her. That's why she's my favorite character just now. I want to know her backstory. Yeah. It seems to me as if... See, because she's a graffiti artist and she's spray painting, it seems to me like she's more rebelling against art. Sorry, Ross, I don't want to get you started. There's no her heritage. For her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's rebelling against her heritage, and yeah. she's left the Mandalorians, and she's spray painted her armor and joined um, Cannon's crew. That's my opinion. I like that. But, <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, but anyway. What was that one? Droids in distress. So we've got uh, C-3PO, R2-D2. Ezra did save Zeb in this episode, which is a recurring theme. Um, he saved his life, Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was an interesting sort of like taking the whole idea and it does open up with quite a, an interesting dynamic between the two characters. And, uh, Very yeah, it's quite cool, which is probably it's explored a wee bit more in the the third episode, which will be the final one I think we're covering tonight. Um, 
which is uh, Fight or Flight, I think it is. Is it Fight or called? Flight? Indeed. Fight or Flight, which I think this is the po- I think this is the poorest episode so far. Well, you say poor, um, but it's better than most Clone Wars episodes. I just felt like it sort of dragged on, and you know, I just really? didn't. Yeah, I felt it, it dragged on quite a bit, and I mean, I can I could see what they were trying to do with Zeb and Ezra. Like, that was the whole point. I just felt like uh, it just they didn't hit the nail on the head. I'm not saying that it, you know it was still an entertaining episode, but it just wasn't the best. Sorry. See, no, no, no I don't apologize. But um, basically, uh, sorry, there's spoilers if you've not seen episode three. But there's not too many. I wouldn't say there's no new characters introduced. I wouldn't say. Um, apart from the fruit. No, I mean, guy. it just no. It was more the fact that it just wasn't interesting. Like there was there was nothing. Oh yeah, I agree with that. that. That's what's meaning. Nothing like, happened. You know, just, yeah, yeah. That's that's why it's meaning it dragged on was the fact that you know nothing was going on yeah. and they were just there for the sake of being there. And again, this is why we were spent before we came on. We were saying to mm. Yogi that the fact that like you know there's not a lot of spoilers. This is one of the reason why I knew there's not a lot of spoilers is because episode three, literally nothing really did happen. They just were on a, a wild goose, goose chase for some um, yeah, for some fruit. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, uh, you know, things sort of, like, fell, um, you know, fell apart. And uh, it just, yeah, I mean, there wasn't much going on. And I was expecting a wee bit more um, between, sort of, Ezra and um, uh, uh, Zeb. Uh, in the sense that, you know, because, obviously, he'd saved, Ezra had saved Zeb's life in the previous episode. You know, I thought there, there was an interesting dynamic to explore. And I just felt they sort of, like, missed uh the nail on the head, and um, it's a shame. I mean, there were some quite decent acting action sequences with sort of like the tie fighters getting involved, and you know, it kind of again, like uh, you know, bringing back Edge of the Empire. This episode did play out like a sort of what would happen if my players ended up getting involved with a tie fighter in the sense that the tie fighter's stolen, you know, they're getting themselves hunted down, uh, you know, and they end up destroying the tie fighter while they're trying to get back. And it does play out like one of those sort of like um edge of the empire uh, things. And again, this is one of the reasons why I'm just loving Rebels so much so far. Um but yeah, I mean we kinda got a wee bit more touches as well and sort of how Ezra handles his force ability as well, which um it's quite interesting, you know. He's sort of trying to prove to Zeb that he can. He's still like he's force adequate, like um, uh, like Kanan or Cannon or however it's pronounced. <laughs> um, however, obviously Zeb, um, uh, Zeb is obviously making fun of him because he's just not as good as um, as Kanan. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, it was just yeah. I mean, the only kind of yeah, I just didn't particularly. It just didn't do it for me, I suppose. Which is a shame. But at the end of the day, though, uh, I mean, every episode always has to have a wee sort of down point. And I think just because how spectacular the first two episodes were and how much information we were hit with in such a good way that it was obvious that maybe these are going to be one of those sort of like downtime episodes that happen, you know? Yeah, yeah you can't avoid the, the filler and yeah. the fluff. Uh, yeah, so, it's someone like in the chat. Yeah. Someone in the chat is insisting that I m- mention that. That uh, Sabine got adopted into the Mandalorian community, supposedly. Ah, okay. that's another. We didn't explore that that uh, that avenue. But they're been... saying with such confidence, they're like, "Yogi, she was adopted." How do you? <laughs> what's your source, Mister? <laughs> in, in, in all honesty, right? I've been searching away and I've been using Wikipedia, and uh, I've not seen it. I'm not obviously. I'm not disproving 
the uh, the the listener. But um, that's an interesting point, though. Like ad- adoption could be quite interesting, sort of like yeah, way to do it. Maybe, but then that could. Open I will up say some... one point about this episode, Ross. Uh huh. And Yogi, what did we learn from this episode? One thing. A stormtrooper can be taken fruit by a nine-year-old child. Yeah. Oh, that that, that was <laughs> funny when when the stormtrooper did go. You did all this for fruit. <laughs> yeah. So I I get what Ross is saying. <laughs> I do get what Ross is saying. This was kind of a down episode, but I'm comparing this to the likes of Arrow and good shows, and this is a good show as well. But it's got to rein in to the the selling the toys market which is from the ages of 40 for me down to, <laughs> you know, um, it was mainly an episode to emphasize the fact that Ezra and Zeb got a relationship out of it. Yeah, yeah they kind of, they, they got closer together. And again, yeah. it ex- ex- explored a wee bit more sort of the episode afterwards, which obviously we're not discussing tonight. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it did set up with quite a good thing and it was kind of quite cool to see them both sort of like even... Uh, on the whole sort of like life-saving idea and yeah i mean it, it, it does have its it does have its positives and it did move it did it essentially it moved the story a lot uh forward. along yeah which Cats. is a good thing which, but which, you, which you are exactly yeah you are right and uh, for an action-packed two episodes it's a lull you're completely correct but I wouldn't call it a bad episode per se. I would just say it was a not so action packed episode because obviously Hera sent them out. She knew what she was doing. She knew they couldn't get the foot there. So <laughs> obviously they maybe had a tip off that they they could get the was it Melurun 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 fruit Melurun um, Melurun fruit and uh, sounds fancy I mean, like it's infused with some rum. Yeah. But, <laughs> Well, it's vodka now that I'm infused with. Black vodka. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Blavod it's called. It's rather nice, but I don't think you can get it um, where they were. So, <laughs> the, um, the, uh, the one thing I wanted to point out in this episode, Ross, and uh, me and Ross agreed in this, Yogi, which Disney character, oh, you haven't seen it, but which Disney character does Ezra remind you of? It reminds me of someone. I can't quite... Pinpoint. Prince maybe Obi Wan X two. What are you on Trump. about? <laughs> oh no no no! There's a song. A whole new world. Oh, Ariel. No, uh, no man. Looks like Aladdin. Ariel. You trying to say he's a ginger with his hair dyed? No, Aladdin. Aladdin. Wasn't a whole new world. It was. No, a whole new world is uh, Ari- Little Mermaid. Nope. Nope, Little Mermaid was, I want to be where the people are. I want to wanna see them dancing. I don't know what's, I don't know what's, what's like mm-hmm. more troubling. The fact that we're discussing Disney movies or the but fact that Alistair was. seems yeah. to really know his stuff about I Disney know, movies. he carries the <laughs> tune yeah, no, quite no, no, well. No, no. Aladdin was a whole new world. Oh. Guys, I got all my Disney movies. That makes, dude, they, I, I, you have to understand. I have youngins of all ages. And this is a Disney household, so it's like, Everything's garbled up because it's like back to back to back Disney, and if it's not Disney, it's time to train. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And we're back. Ah, my recording stopped there. Uh oh. Do, do you have a whole recording this? I, uh, yeah, I have the, the video I could patch together because I, I got disconnected from Twitch uh, about halfway through it. Could you rip the MP3 from it? Yeah. Awesome. 
No, 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 no. Well, anyway, I'm recording anyway, but Aladdin, he looks like Aladdin. His hair is like Aladdin. His behavior is like Aladdin. The fact that in this episode he steals fruit and looks like Aladdin. He's got the big eyes, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I see it, yep. It was bothering me. I'm like, he's mischievous, uh, kind of quick on his feet, light on his feet. This reminds me of someone. And then again, though, I suppose that's a, almost like a Disney trope. Is that Aladdin style like character? Um, yeah. But I think, it, but then like, that Aladdin style character fits in well with the Star Wars universe, especially within the Outer Rim and the Rebel show. So it's like a sort of like it's it's a nice sort of nod to the Disney character rather than a sort of like negative. I'm glad you mentioned that, Ross, because this isn't me, but it's like every planet in Star Wars is a desert planet. Like you barely ever see Greenland. <laughs> I know, but I don't know why, because like I think desert planets are the most least interesting planets you could possibly think of like setting stories at. But um but yeah, I don't know what it is. Like because if you sort of read into about the outer rim planets, like there's actually very few desert planets, like you know, in the outer rim. It's just in, their, in the rim, but um, these ones. But yeah, I I would like to see more sort of like uh, flora and fauna of um of the Star Wars universe. Maybe not as sort of like as crazy as um oh god, I can't remember the planet's name. Um, there's a planet that was seen in the Clone Wars which had crazy flora and fauna. Um, but yeah, not, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing something like that. That was like the Force Unleashed. Uh, I was, but it was also um, was that in, in that as the well? Clone Wars as well, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I totally see. Yeah, it's just it's so strange that they decide to pick these barren desert planets type thing. But uh, that's a style, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it could be, could be a style. But um, uh, but yeah, either way though, I, I, I really am looking forward to seeing sort of more hopefully more interesting planets like because even um i can't remember the uh uh the true things lorthal or or lorthal the um the planet that uh, ezra's from where everybody seems to have met so far in rebels um you know that's still although it still has some greenery it's not like you know as completely different as tatooine but um but yeah um what about naburos yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, though, is that, like, you know, that's sort of, you know, the, the the prequels were good in terms of trying to show different sort of, like, types of planets, but more sort of focusing on, like, rebels right now, you know, it'd be good to see a wee bit, a bit more interesting backdrops when it comes to planets. I mean, I'm loving the backdrops of, like, the Imperial prisons and, the, you know, like, and, mm. you know, the, the, the ships and, you know, and the interiors, but the exteriors, I think, would be quite, you know, I, th I think it's more the fact that, like, they've got a, a good palette to work with and, you know, be interesting yeah. to see how it goes. They've, they've, got a, they've got a lot to work with. They really do. They've got an open palette. They, I think they've got a lot of exploring to do, and I do agree with you, a little bit, but then you've got to think, like, Star Wars trademark is Tatooine, basically. Um, that's their desert planets is what they go for. But yeah, I suppose yeah. they're probably just sort of trying to slowly break us into these new planets. You know, I suppose like if you went straight from say yeah, it would be too big like, a jump. Yeah, I mean like if you started on something like the forest moon of Endor type idea, people would be like, whoa, like say for example, it wasn't called Endor or something else. People are going, well, hang on a minute, this isn't the Star Wars we know. We're used to seeing the the dual sun planet. Uh, desert planet type thing, so they're probably starting out with that way. And I mean, like you know, we're only four episodes in, so um, 
I'm really looking forward to see what else to do. And as we just said, they're sort of like they've got a canvas to work with, and it's like an unneeded thing and um, un, you know, charted lands. And yeah, I'd be interested to see how it goes. So, what do you two guys want to see from this series? Like, I would. This is this is my main thing. I want to see them going to Tatooine and seeing Hermit Obi Wan or Ben Kenobi. What 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 do you want to see Yogi from Rebels as a whole? I, I, obviously, I'm a big fan of Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, we have someone in, in my co-host from Horseplay Live, Obi Wan X2. He's a huge fan, so I think right now he's like he might have to change his pants in a, in a few minutes. <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think the if it keeps going, the pace is going at. Uh, I'm happy with it. You know, um, I, 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 the biggest thing will be introducing the new locations. You know, uh, some of those fringe planets that the Empire perhaps has overlooked. That'd be neat to see thriving worlds, uh, thriving cultures that are, have not been adulterated by the taint of the Empire. You know, I would also like to see like maybe. Sympathizers with the old republic, with the rebel movement, people in the Senate, and people in, in high places that are maybe playing double agent roles and stuff like that. I like to see more, more of that kind of thing too. I think that makes for good, for good storytelling. Awesome, Ross. What about yourself? What would you like to see? Chopper versus Agent Callus. <laughs> <laughs> Chopper just going toe to toe with Agent Callus, man. That'd be amazing. <laughs> like. Just be. I'd I'd like to explore a bit more of the um the dark Jedi type thing. Uh, you know, like who are who is the Inquisitor? You know, like how in relate. Obviously, we we know via a lot of the interviews that um have been said that he is seen as Darth Vader's attack dog. But surely there's more to him than just being an attack dog. And you know, we 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 haven't seen a lot of him so far. Obviously, it just mentioned the three episodes that we've covered. We haven't seen a lot of him. And um, yeah, I'll be interested to see that. And again, I just I'm looking forward to just v- seeing the visuals of places that we've only maybe verbally heard of through the Star Wars universe. You know, I'd like like for example, like we saw Kessel for the first time, you know, visually, and you know, I'd like to see other places. Sort of, you know, like Karelia would be a nice one to see sort of visually, and yeah, like the different places. And I know like Clone Wars really covered quite a lot of that as well, but there are places that they never really covered, and yeah. I mean, I, I like the idea of the political intrigue as well. But yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm just going to stick with Chopper versus Agent Callus. <laughs> <laughs> he'll shave his uh, sideburns off, and then he'll get mad. <laughs> no one touches the yeah. sideburns. Ro- Ross can be known as the barber of Rosafia. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know, now you mentioned the Inquisitor. We talked about the Inquisitor a few times. Uh, yeah. And I feel like that that's the one thing, if I had to, like, you know, be that guy and complain about something, it'd be that. Like, they they, they showed him, and it, it, I felt like I was supposed to be like, holy shit! But then I was like, okay, cool, it's a guy uh, that's wearing, like, a uh, really neat suit. He looks like an yeah, extra from Hellraiser. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything yet. Yeah. And I think that may be one of the reasons why the Darth Vader... Uh, scene is going to get added in because then yep. people would be like, "Holy shit, Darth Vader! Who yeah. is this guy? Must pay more attention, you know, rather than yeah. being like, oh, okay." <laughs> but exactly. for me, it's more like he's got the lightsaber with the circle bit. Yeah, which um, <laughs> uh, 
obviously based on like TV spots about his lightsaber, mm-hmm. and it's actually based on an unused concept design from the Force. Ralph McQuay. Ralph no, no, no. It's, it's the the lightsaber the whole, design. The whole series is based on Ralph McQuay's original drawings. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is that his unique, the unique lightsaber that the Inquisitor yeah, has yeah, is, yeah. is based on an unused concept from the Force Unleashed. Ah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, you. I get, you, I get, you, I, get you. I, I got you, bro. <laughs> I got What's you. What's in the box? What's in the box? Go on, box, <laughs> oh, man. Go on, what's in the box? Anyway, um, the one thing before we finish up, I've got to comment on. You love lightsabers, just like I love it, lightsabers, and it's not one of those shows, listeners. But <laughs> ca- canon seems to take the top part off his lightsaber and screw it back on. I mean, I'm a lightsaber aficendo, or aficendo, or whatever you want to pronounce it as. Um, Aficiendo. I I love lightsabers. I've seen seen a lot of lightsabers in my life, man. It's been a hard life. You don't want to end up in here like me. But, um, what do you think of that? It's kind of strange to me, the fact that, like, the top part of his lightsaber screws off and he constantly screws it back on. Hmm. I think it's, it's a, just a different, I suppose it's just a, a, an added quirk to just the generic sort of lightsaber design that he has. Um, why does he do it? Uh, well, I, in all honesty, I I don't really know exactly why, and I'm looking forward to an explanation that hopefully we might get as, the, as Star Wars Rebels progresses. Maybe it's just as simple as if they catch him with the lightsaber on him, they won't know how to work it because they'll be missing its power source or whatever. You know, it's like a key to unlock it, so it's one of those things, like, you know, they'll, like, find it on him, and like, what's this, are you a Jedi? And then he's like, no, it's just a can opener, see? (laughs) 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 Just, now I want a lightsaber that's disguised as a can opener. (laughs) It'd be so good. That'd be super handy, man. Yeah. I'd I'd buy, like, ten of them, at least. (laughs) It's a bit like the Star Wars robot chicken, where he has, like, the mini lightsaber to shave himself. It's quite funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it could it could be. I'm 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 going to bank on Yogi, and that one it could just be as simple as that is, um, you know, detaching it in order for the power source to be, you know, and for it to be not as recognizable as a lightsaber, possibly, you know. That's true enough. Um, so um, all in all, synopsis from everyone. I will go first. Uh, episode one, five out of five. Episode two, four and a half out of five. Episode three. Three out of five lightsabers. Ross? Uh, episode one, five out of five. Episode two, four out of five. And episode three, two out of five. Mm. Yogi? I'd say five out of five for both one and two. And three, I don't want to rate it because I have to give it another go. It, it yeah. did seem a little on the slower side, but I, I see why they're doing it. For, if it, it. They're trying to do more character development. Yeah. So, anyway, we are going to wrap up the show, and uh, I don't think this show needs any plugs apart from if Yogi wants to do any. Uh, well, um, not really. I mean, catch us. Uh, Ali's going to be joining me on Time Wami Tea Time, hopefully more often, Saturdays at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific, and that's 5 p.m. in London. And then, yeah. you know, it'll be 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock somewhere in the world, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, we try to do it right before uh, Doctor Who because we do predominantly talk about Doctor Who. 
That's uh, right here on uh, Geeky Antics uh, Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Geeky Antics. And then we upload the videos to the YouTube channel of the same name. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, Ross, where can they find your dulcet tones on a Friday night? Friday night, you can get us. Uh, well, we've we're on um, the Stone City Radio. I'm <laughs> uh, no, sorry, I completely like lost it there. Yeah, uh, you can find me in Stone City Radio, um, StoneCityRadio.tk to catch up on all our episodes uh, and follow us on Twitter uh, at Starlin Radio. I got it right this time. He did indeed. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, you can catch Stalin Stalin City Radio where it's all things Arrow, and uh, we cover the Arrow, the Green Arrow comic books as well, and uh, I do some character deconstructions of um, various characters and stuff. So yeah, it's good. It's a good laugh. Yeah, and if you want to catch me as well, you can get me obviously right here at Rebels Cast UK on Twitter. Send us all your questions. Or you can get me, rebelscast at gmail.com. I'll get you all your emails, and I will eat them up, eat them up like Jabba the Hutt. And I <laughs> swear I will not turn you into a Twilight princess like Yogi was wanting to be earlier. I mean, there's no comment in that. But <laughs> you can get me also on 42 Level 1. Uh, if you Google that, I'm sure you'll find us. But support Geeky Antics. It's a good network. Yogi Zilla himself is a good guy. And uh, Starling, Starling City Radio, obviously, like Ross said. But anyway, this has been the first episode of Star Wars Rebels Cast UK. And you can find us here, same place, same time, next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much for listening. May the Force be with you.